Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, look. Uh, ball player, ball player. No watching from the side. Said that you got him next. Well, go ahead and show him why. No limits in the sky. What up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Up Next. The podcast where we usually talk about who's up next in new sports, uh, but we you know we deal with all with all sport sporting uh, topics, and we got a special, special, special guest today. But first, of course, I'm Jamal Murphy, and I got my co-host extraordinaire Khalid Green in the house. What's up, man? Peace, man. Just happy to be here, man. I got I got a real NBA champion on here. You know, my hey, boy, great. my boy Popeye Spinach Jones. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got him on here and we're we gonna we're gonna kick it, man. This is my guy that um we got close when we were with the New Jersey Nets together. He was a coach under uh coach Avery Johnson. And um, you know, here we are. Yeah, hey, nice to see you, man, Khalid. Uh, and Jamal, it's nice to be, be uh, to meet you as well. Thanks for having me. And you know, I got to start off first of all, the sorry Giants, yo. <laughs> the sorry Giants, Khalid. Hey, yeah, so yeah, we got yeah. to know each other, Jamal. You know, I, I found out he was a big Giants fan, and I'm a big Cowboys fan, so. Every, every week we we ragging each other, man. But I think I got the bragging rights right now. Hey, though. You got you got him now. You got him now. He's like a big ass bully right now, man. <laughs> no no. And I I grew up an Eagle fan, Eagle and Jets fan, so I always hated the Giants, like for, forever. Oh man, Jamal, we had you guys Sunday, man. We had you guys we on did. the road. I was yeah. nervous. I was nervous that for when you had the ball the last the last possession, I was like, oh, they they score, man. I, I'm about to lose, man. Like, we can't score in the red zone this year. The Cowboys, we were three for five in the red zone. So I I, I compliment your defense. No, nah, no, but you know, Dallas is, you know, you guys are for real. You know, I'm a little worried down the line. I know we got a tough schedule, so I'm a little nervous, but you know, we'll see. Dak so, played a hell of a game, too. That was one of the best games I've seen Dak play. Yeah, hey, you gotta let him go, up. man. If he makes <laughs> yeah. a mistake, if you know if he can't do it, that's what my you know, I thought early in the season they tried to get him to manage. No, you gotta let him yeah, yeah. you guys know you guys are NFL fans, man. Just like basketball, it's about scoring. Yeah. Every sport, you gotta score. You, defense can only all the rules is for offense now. That's a fact. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, you gotta work on defense, but you gotta score. Yes, you it's do. About scoring. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. They gotta let him let him play. I mean, he showed last night, like he, you know, he, what he's capable of. So right. Just let him exactly. let him go. We know he has talent. Uh, and, you know, see what happens. You got you got talent around him. Just let him go. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, you know, like Kali said, uh, we got we got the great Popeye Jones in the house. Let me just, you know, obviously he's a champion, uh, assistant coach at Denver Nuggets, 13 year assistant coach. 11-year NBA vet in the league. I remember I, I first saw you at Murray State. Um, and I remember I remember you led the nation in rebounding, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Once I got some of the weight off, when I got there, I was 315. So I had, I had to get a little weight off. Got down to 250 my sophomore year. Yeah, so I, I, so I remember, remember you from way, from way back then. And, of course, followed your career. And now to, to see you as an assistant is wild. But to, but talk about that, man. Let's talk about like the championship. Like what, oh, what was man. that like, man, winning an NBA championship? Uh, obviously it was, it was a surreal feeling. I, I tell people, man, 
you kind of like, you know, you wonder, you know, I, I'm coaching, I'm not playing, am I going to feel the same in terms of your emotions? But uh, it was the same, <laughs> you know, it was the same. And I think that the biggest thing that once it was over, man, you just reflect back on your whole career from like when I started playing basketball, like it was crazy how like just everything just flashed right before my eyes, like growing up on the playground to, you know, going playing in the youth league and then middle school and then high school and then Murray State and then one year in Italy before coming back and playing 11 year in the NBA. Then all the coaching journeys and everything, it all just kind of hit me and flashed back, man. I had an emotional moment. It was really cool, though. I want to do it again now, though. <laughs> <laughs> you got the bug, huh, Pop? Right. Hey, I understand what Tom Brady and Jordan the greats. I get it now. Right. <laughs> I woke up the next morning after we, we stayed at the arena probably about 4 in the morning, you know, cigars, champagne. <laughs> little bit of beer. We had a little bit of everything. I woke up the next morning with a little headache, but the first thing I said was, man, that was fun. Let's do that again. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and, well, and you we, what, yeah, go ahead. After that, it was like an arms race, man, in the West, man. Everybody everybody oh. geared up. You know, uh, Durant, um, um, Bradley Bill went on with yeah. the Phoenix and um, um, other teams geared up all around the league to, to just be – make y'all the target now and yeah and how does it how does that look in the league man how does that feel it feels really good but i tell you you know that was funny you said that man that was the message coach malone with when the, all the guys we got back and started training camp you know he talked about you know uh because their whole journey i only been here three years but you know uh that journey he started when jamal and, and joker were rookies together you know they they've been on a long journey and the thing he said, he goes, we used to be our hunting people. He said, now we got a bullseye on our chest every night. You, mm -hmm. You're the champs. And uh, I can't remember the exact quote, man, but it was a really neat quote. If you guys look it up, it was from John Wooden talking about uh, that you got to have somebody, you got to have, you can have talent to win a championship, but you got to have talent and character to repeat. Mm. As champions it was something but you have to look it up it was really cool right and uh the way we started this year obviously seven and one man people thought probably we we're gonna have you know a finals hangover uh man it's been great and obviously uh led by the, by the joker man it's, it's a blessing to to be just in his corner man to watch the way this kid works to watch how he performs night in and night night out they throwing double teams at him. They throwing little guys <laughs> at him. They throwing big guys at him. It's, uh, man, it's special. And I tell you guys, every time he breaks some kind of record, man, when I, I try to tell people, I don't know if people in Denver understand, man, he's mentioned with, like, the greats. Like, we talking about, like, Wilt. They put yes. records up and stuff. And last night, he became fourth all time on the assist list. He passed LeBron and Jason Kidd, man. I, I took the box score to him and said, sign it for me, big fella. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, great, unbelievable guy, man. Family man. Uh, great work ethic. Great teammate. And I think that, man, obviously he, he makes his goal. But we got some other pieces. Uh, obviously, our starting five to me, I've never been around such a starting five. And you talked about how teams are gearing up. And we see it, you know, like an arms race. But, you know, we keep saying that not only have we won one together, but, man, that cohesiveness with the our five, oh, man, we thought it was going to be a problem. Last thing I'll say, and I'll let you guys speak, 
when we started training camp. Well, we need them to play together some more. Da da da. The first time we played five on five and they played together, it was like they didn't even miss a beat, man. Mm. It, was, it was beautiful to see. Beautiful to see, guys. So, so, what what have you like? Relate your journey to Jokic because when he first came in the league, similar to you, you said you lost a lot of weight. And that yep. and and you became the leading rebounder in the country, but he came in the league kind of like you know a little heavy, yeah. And you could see the clear indication of his work ethic, you know. I guess when he came back one of those summers, and his games has just taken off since. Like what what what, you know? Have you gave him input into you know working on his body, or has has that just been about his own self motivation? It's been more, because it started before I got here, uh, Khalid, it's been more about his own self-motivation and, and the people around him that, you know, works with. I think our trainer is great, who, who works with him, you know, uh, Philippe. Um, he's really good, really close with Joker. And he just took a step in terms of, they said, after I, I got here, I learned, it's just about nutrition, diet, and uh, getting in the best shape. And people, and you look at him, you think, well, he's not in great shape. But, man, as you guys know, he played 45 minutes if you need him, man. It's, yeah, he got he got to be. He don't get tired, man. It's crazy. He doesn't get tired. You know, yeah. we have to watch him. We're like, hey, man, come on. <laughs> you know, get a break. Or even like, you know, you know, a lot of guys, I'll say this, stars, you know, they don't practice every day. You know, Khalid, you've been around. Yeah, yeah. And this kid practice every day. He doesn't want to take himself out. We have to kind of pull him out of drills and stuff sometimes. Right. Uh, but, yeah. And as, as you know, guys, that's why he's a two-time MVP and uh, and now a, a world champion and looking for more. And, and I think what what blows people's minds is how he looks on the court. He's not going <laughs> to he's not going to wire you with any type of crazy athleticism, but he's going to kill you with his skill set, his passing ability. And to me, his feel for the game is 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 top notch, like yeah. elite of all time. I, I'm talking about. I, yep, yep. I've never seen. I tell you, you, talk about that. I've never seen nobody speed him up. You cannot right. speed him up, man. That right there right. to me, you get no matter how much you pressure him, how much you double him, like you said, you can't speed him up. Right. And if you're gonna single cover cover him, you know, obviously he's gonna score. Uh, but he's gonna pick you apart out of double teams. And to me, the biggest thing that roll in the pocket. That people don't understand how hard that shot is, that, that right. running floater. And he makes that thing like like it's like, yeah, that's his you, like riding a bicycle. He makes yep. it like it's riding a bicycle. I, I was I was watching last night, I think, and he, and he had he had monster numbers, like almost yeah. 38, 14, 12, something like that. And I'm thinking <laughs> about it, and I'm like, you know how you know with guys like that, you, you know, coming, he has two MVPs already. And I guess you know it's it's not all based on athleticism. So a lot of the, a lot of times people think like even if he's young, they think like that's who he is. But then I'm wondering like he, he can still get better. He's still getting better, right? Yeah, he still working. You're right. You're right, Jamal. He still works his butt off. He's still getting better. I think our early indication is look at what he's shooting from three in his attempts. He didn't shoot a lot of threes last year. He up, uh, you know, I think around four or five already at like forty percent. <laughs> So that's even that's a, that's another like danger that you got to worry about now. Not only the post, now you got to worry about the three point line, right. the, the pocket, the passing. Uh, but uh, obviously, he makes everybody else better. I know we we're talking about him, but 
our starting five and, and Jamal, man, I've never seen nobody so cold-blooded uh, <laughs> in my life. You talking about I want to take the big shot? You talking about you better not piss him off on the court? He one of them type of players. He might go off, he might go off for 30 on you the next right. six minutes. And and, then, and, 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 and he and he debunks the myth that Canada Canada kids are soft. <laughs> right. No, he ain't soft at all. Obviously, nah. you know the way he was raised. If yeah. you start a story, he, he not soft. And then you know to get a, a champion like to me was like KCP. We've been trying to get him, man. Just just that three and D guy, that energy guy, that guy you need that's gonna guard multiple positions. Uh, it's gonna make open shots. You really ain't got to run a lot of plays for him. Uh, you put him out there, and then obviously Aaron Gordon, what he brings. Uh, right. You saw how we had to make Miami change the starting lineup. They had to go bigger. Because yep. after game one, he just destroyed them in the paint. Yep. And it, so, you know, you got them. And then Michael Porter, to me, is one of the best shooters, man. I no question. At 6'10". No People question. don't understand he's 6'10". And, you know, and we're a big lineup. You know, like I right. said, with Aaron and Mike, you know, you look at us walk out there to jump ball, you're like, man, they big. Because, right. you know, Jamal's 6'4". Right, <laughs> so, right. So, and I think Calvin Booth has done a great job also, man, bringing in these young guys. Guys, you know, general manager, you know, if you win one, you're always like, man, you know, we don't want to play young guys. We don't want to develop guys. But it's a great mix, man. We got some good young guys. I don't know if you guys saw Julian Strother. You're talking about can fill it yeah. up. Went mm -hmm. off last night. That kid can really shoot the ball. Right. And, yeah, and, so he, and he ain't scared. We know, clear. you know, we're looking at and see if he's scared if you're right. a rookie. Right. You know? <laughs> we're always looking, you know, and Zeke Najee's coming. And we got, a, we got a veteran in Reggie Jackson who we didn't use last year, but it's making yeah. shots. Yeah, Reggie. You know Reggie, what he's capable of, he makes shots. That's a fact. That's a fact. We, you know, and Christian Brown bringing toughness. And people yeah. didn't know about Peyton Watson who – you know, didn't even play at UCLA. You guys, uh, he didn't even get on the court. Right. And uh, and that 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 length and athleticism. If you look at this part thirty six already, he's averaging about two and a half blocks as a six eight wing. Like, wow. This kid, he blocks shots out of nowhere with his wow. length and athleticism, and you know, running on the break and finishing. But you know, it's a long way to go, and it's early guys, and it's a joy to to, to be on the staff to. Like I said, to watch, you know, you know, you got a shot going into the building every night. It wasn't that way when me and Khalid was working in Jersey. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> we, we were just trying to hold on. <laughs> yes, indeed, we were trying to hold on. We were just trying to hold on, baby. <laughs> right. So, again, man, I've been through it. Like you guys said, how long I've been, you know, playing and coaching. And it's a joy to be on one of the top teams uh, coaching, you know, assistant coach in the league. And, and like I said, you just know every night you got a chance. You got a chance. And, and Pop, for like our audience, you know, kids that want to be coaches, what does it take to be an NBA coach? Like what's your what's your weekly, you know, diet of, of work? Uh, I think the, the first time I'll say, you just said it. You said work. Yeah. That's that work with a capital W-O-R-K. You know, right. For example, after the game last night when it's 10 o'clock and I work till, you know, 2 a.m., and then I just got finished working, watching Golden State because, you know, it's a big one tomorrow. Uh, but I think the film study, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the time. Uh, it is time consuming. And, and then I, I think under that, other than that, and then being able to be honest and communicating with, with, with guys, man, telling them when they're not playing well, when they're, at, when they're playing well, when they're doing things well. You know, all, almost like a, I'm kind of like a father figure, you know. Obviously, 
I already played 11 years, so they know kind of, you know, the ups and downs. And not only the guys who are, are playing, but the guys who are not playing, you know, making mm -hmm. sure they're staying ready because, you know, we're going to need them on like for uh, one day. Example like Julian, you know, Julian, had, you know, he had a great preseason. A kid as a rookie probably was wondering, when am I going to get back in there? You know, when, and then last night he got his opportunity and he was ready. Right. So, you know, you try to always tell them about stuff like that. Hey, once you get your opportunity, you better be ready. So right. you better keep working. Right. And uh, I think the same thing I said that with players, I think that applies as a coach. As a coach, you got to keep working because the game is always evolving and changing as you right. guys know. You got to right. know what you're talking about and what you're looking at. Right. <laughs> what's, what's like, as far as assistant coaches, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know the ins and outs of it, but but it like what's what's your particular role and what are you know how, how is how are roles like mm -hmm. determined amongst assistant coaches i think roles are i think uh every head coach uh handles his staff differently in terms of how he gives them roles and 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 what their responsibilities are for example over my coaching career i you know i started in player development then i was on uh, doing defensive stats then uh got changed to offense so I did that and back to defense. So it's kind of like for myself as a coach, I want to be real, real or well-rounded and understand both sides of the ball. But here, uh, you know, I, I do watch both sides of the ball, but I focus mostly on defense and scouting other teams, which I enjoy a lot, the scouting part, because you can see trends and what teams are trying to do. So I really enjoy that, digging into numbers and uh, – uh, just preparing for an opponent, like I, like I told you guys, you know, you're preparing, preparing for Golden State today, and and uh, we know what they do, man. The three point line, but looking at their <laughs> numbers, you know, the threes, you got to try to limit the threes. That's going to be the first first key tomorrow night. What uh, when 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 was it that you that you kind of thought about uh, being a coach? Like what the end of your playing career, I guess. But like, was was that something you always wanted to do, or is it something that you thought about at the end? Uh, toward the end, uh, I got to actually know Avery Johnson, who Khalid said that's who we were. You know, I worked for him, uh, you know, in New Jersey and in, in Brooklyn uh, for a short stint. But I think that we always started talking about coaching me and him when we were teammates, and then uh, we got to, became teammates in Dallas, and and Don Nelson was there, and so I started spending. You know, I was out of the playing rotation, but I started spending a lot of time with with Nelly, man. Uh, playing golf, Nelly loved playing golf, so I'd always go out and play golf with him and and, and watching him coach and, and, and talking to him about coaching. And when I got done playing uh, after 11 years, he actually asked me to come back uh, to Dallas and, and, and start being a player development coach. But I, the first year I said no, and then uh, Avery Johnson took over and then asked me, I said no again. I did the summer league. Just kind of, I think I needed a reprieve from the road, but I always knew I wanted to do it. But uh, the, the two years off from the road helped. And uh, then the next year, after they lost to Miami in the finals, the next year I went and uh, started being a player development coach and, and just started learning. I thought of all, you know, I've worked for different coaches, but Avery, I always give him credit, man, for grooming me and growing me as a coach. You know, starting me like player development first. Then he's like, okay, you're responsible for uh, your opponent's scouting reports. So then learning how to type those out. Then now you're responsible for defense. It's these stats I want for defense. So, you know, watch film and develop um, drills and stuff. So I credit him when really, you know, I had the bug, but I credit him in teaching me the business, though. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let me is what about would would you do you want to be a head coach one day? I think we all want to be a head coach, but you know I've never been a guy who like I'm putting my name out there or whatever. Uh, I think people know uh, obviously my experience as you called out how long I've been doing it, and you know if the opportunity comes, I have an agent. You know he, he gets out there for me. If that opportunity comes, I'm going to take that interview and uh, see what I can do. Absolutely. Nice. I'd love yeah. to see that. I'd love to yeah. see that. Uh, so l- let me take you back. You know, yeah. we, we do a lot of uh, we do mostly youth sports. Uh, okay. Stuff, but take me back to to when you when you started playing ball. Um, like what what made you fall in love with the game, and then kind of like the trajectory of your career. Uh, you know, before you got to Murray State. Gotcha. Well, I think uh, what obviously got me interested in sports in general, I'm the youngest of five and my whole family, you know, they didn't play any collegiate level, but they all were pretty good high school players in their own right. And and as a little boy growing up, man, y'all y'all probably too young, but every house used to have the big picture TV, the big the, the big frame on the floor. So there was always trophies on top of that TV. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And, you know, so that's one thing that served for motivation. I remember when I first got my t- first T-ball trophy because I played baseball, football, and basketball growing up. I got mm-hmm. my first T-ball trophy. I took it, brought it home, and set it on the front of the TV. So now I got one on you. Let me go from here. <laughs> <laughs> those, those trophies used to be big, man. Those, that, those trophies. Man. Yeah, right? So Definitely. just the love, of, the, the love of basketball, but like I said, not only basketball, football and baseball. Man, I, lo- I actually loved all three, and uh, I never trained in any of them. So I didn't know what training was. So I'm just, you know, you go, I was going from one season to the next, mm-hmm. and just playing and having fun. Yeah. And, uh, and then Murray State came, and uh, I won uh, Miss Tennessee Mr. Basketball, a class A, because I'm from a small town, and Murray State's right across the state line, and uh, one of the only Division One scholarships I actually had offered. And when I got there, the coach brought me to the office because I had played baseball with a lot of the Murray State guys. He said, uh, your baseball playing days are over. You're going to train and get in shape. <laughs> he said, <laughs> you can be a pretty good player. So that's kind of how I started, man. I got on campus. I was like 320, man, and uh, just started hitting. And about, again, by the time my sophomore year rolled around, I was like 250, and that's when – uh, my career really took off at Murray State. And then what was it like, like, you know, um, for getting drafted second round? Um, and, you know, I don't know if you had that expectation to go to the NBA when you got to Murray State, but to get to the – a lot of people don't understand. To get to the second round is one thing, but that's not a guaranteed contract. But right. you found a way to make an 11-year career. Like that right. in itself is a big deal. Right. I think that you said it right. The first thing you said, I think the competitive nature that was in me, that first of all, uh, I'll go back to my Murray State days, my freshman year, man, I couldn't play but two or three minutes at a time. And I'd be sitting over. I had never sit on the bench and I would just be boiling that I'm, I wasn't playing. And even after my uh, uh, rookie se- or freshman year, the coach says you have to do your post game meeting or postseason meeting, I apologize. He said, hey, we're bringing in some more players that you're not going to play. Uh, my sophomore year coming. So I remember walking back, man, to my dorm and to myself, I was like, I'm not going to play. I only was playing like six minutes. <laughs> right. My year. He said, I'm not going to play. So I think that that motivation just 
okay, let's get in shape. Let's see where you can go. Um, you know, let's see what you can do with this. You're right. I never had any expectations of, of playing in the NBA and then, you know, getting drafted second round. I, I tell people this, this probably was bad because it was, it was before cameras and all, you know, everything could be in your house. But I was at home watching the draft, man. And, um, I was, you know, everybody thought, thought I was going to go in the first round. When I didn't go in the first round, I actually left. And <laughs> left and went to a bar with my friends. And uh, my, my cousin came down and said, your mom's looking for you, man. Houston Rockets drafted you 41. And I was still mad. I was like, then I said to myself the next day, I got to prove them wrong again. Right. That, you know, that I'm good enough. That right. I'm good enough to play in the right. NBA. Right. And uh, and then that route was like you said, second round picks. You don't get any guaranteed contract. So I had to go to Italy, and I'm talking about I'm a country boy, man, from 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 Tennessee, from Northwest Tennessee, a town of five thousand. And here I go to Italy, not being able to to speak the language. Or I couldn't even. They gave me a five speed. I couldn't even drive that out of there. Drive a five speed. But I think the whole experience of it, you know, and playing really well over there before. Uh, NBA teams had a lot of scouts over there, but Dallas had a scout in Italy who would come watch me all the time in the Mavs. And, uh, you know, heck, I was over there playing well, averaging over 20, again, probably 13, 14 rebounds. And uh, then the next year, they said uh, Dallas traded for my rights in the draft with Eric Riley, you know, who was at Michigan. And so I was like, what's that mean to my agent? He goes, they want you to come to, like, their summer camp before summer league. So I went to their summer camp, guys, man, and I was – like, okay, here, I'm here. I'm going to show you I can play in the NBA. And we started playing, and they was like, oh, wow. You know, wow. And they was like, well, your Italian team still owe your, your rights, so you can't go uh, to summer league with us. So I went home all sad because I had to go back to Italy. <laughs> and then two weeks later, my agent called and said, hey, they brought your Italian co contract out. You're going to the Mavs. I said, I said, I'll be there next week to start working. <laughs> And I tell you guys, and I talk about working, coaching, but you guys, for all the youth athletes, man, if you want to make it, give your shot, a, give yourself a chance with work ethic. And mm -hmm. why I said that, because my NBA mentor, I got to Dallas, and if you, if you guys remember the Mavs back then, that was like 93, 94, not that good. And uh, I got, to, I remember going to the track the next day, and you guys know how hot Dallas, this is the middle of August. Right. And the only guy out there, player-wise, that Monday morning was Derek Harper. Mm. And, I, and I started talking to him and he said, this is what it takes, young fella, if you want to make it. And I'm like, this kid, man, this dude has been in the league, what, 10, 11 years? And he's out here right now? That right there, that light bulb went on in my head. Ding, ding, ding. Right. Hey, I know what it takes. Well, <laughs> that, that reminds me of Popeye gave me a quote one time. He said, man, you got to know, you got to learn how to eat soup with a fork, baby. There, <laughs> there you go. I still say it. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got to learn to eat soup with a fork, all you kids out there. That's Absolutely right. Absolutely in sports. You know, and, you got to work at it, man. You got to work at it. And, the and, only way. And, about everything. and you guys know we're talking about you sports. Jamal, I don't know if you know, but I got two kids in the NHL. I do. I and, do know uh, that. Their work ethic is – that's the one thing that I instill, man, uh, the work ethic. They they work their butts off. You know, they work hard at it in the off season, and they train, and they work hard at it during the season. So, uh, you know, I always said, like you said, eat soup with a fork, and I always said to them, nothing's free in life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then, speaking, and then speaking of, Derek Harper, son, is like number two in the country in, in high school right now. 
I didn't know that. Dylan Harper. Dylan Harper. That's his son. Really? That's his little boy? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Dylan oh, Harper. Yeah. I, I, I usually still see him when we play the Mavs because, you know, he still does some TV for Mavs. So okay. I still go up and tell you, hey, you're still my mentor, bro. No question. But yeah. <laughs> Hey, before your Knicks stole him from Dallas. <laughs> I, re I remember those days. I remember those he days. He was falling for the Knicks, yeah. too, baby. Yeah. He he was that, that mean hand check. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got that hand. He got them strong hands. Yeah. He's going to hand check you, then he's going to steal it around the other side. He's going <laughs> to set you up. He's going to set you up. You're, talk you're talking about, uh, you know, going back to, like, the youth sports aspect of it. You were talking about. Um, the work ethic and you know kids coming up now and you and you see it you know obviously because you you're getting like you said you're getting straw you're getting you get these young kids every year to all these organizations what do you what do you, what's your take on the whole on on the industry now on like the on the AU you know not just AU but how kids are coming into the league you know the skills they have compared to when you were coming up I know when when you were coming up AU wasn't wasn't that big a thing because I think we're around the same age. You know, so what you know what what's the difference now and, and what are the pros and cons you think? Uh that's a good question, I tell you, you know, because I've I haven't had a, any any of my kids go through the AAU system to 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 really like to see it, you know, up close or be a part of it. Uh but just you know, talking to other friends about it, like you know, I had my best friend, his son came through it and he was talking about how you see a lot of the top teams and we then we get them, I'm gonna say this, they don't know how to play. To all the young kids out there, please, you have to learn how to play. And we talked about it earlier when we was talking about Joker. Uh, you know, I have a, I started again. I have a four-year-old, so hey, I'm gonna. I watch. I see Joker's fundamentals. I'm like, ah, uh -uh. <laughs> right, right, right. learn the fundamentals. You know, right. learn the fundamentals. Uh, that I think that you know that that's really key for them to understand the fundamentals of, of the game, man. And, you know, he told me, like, and I don't know the AAU teams. He said, well, you'll watch this one team because I get it. Teams are kind of trying to – or players are trying to showcase their talents. But he said they'll go, like, they'll go uh, one, one four flat. Okay, it's your turn to go up an ISO. It's your turn to go up an ISO. It's your turn to go. It's like, oh, my gosh. And, right. you know, we get kids. We get the young kids coming in. And one thing you, you, you mentioned, Julian Strother, one thing about him that, that stands out, and, you know, and I don't, like I said, I don't watch a lot of college, but watching him from the, fr the first day, you know what I said to myself? Mark Few is a good coach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mark right. Few is a good coach. And if, if, any young kids out there watching and they got to pick a university, please find a good coach that's going right. to teach you how to play and hold you accountable. That's right. Uh, because that's, if you want to make it, you you got it. You got to know how to play. We've seen, I've seen so many talented kids come in the league, but they don't know how to play. And then if they don't adapt and learn, then you know I ain't gonna call any names. And as you guys know, then they're gone. Yep. Yep. And I was I was thinking about like your career. You know, you played all those years, and you're you're a role player. And I think that 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 takes a special individual right because like most kids like you're you come into the league your dream and you, everybody thinks they're going to be a star yep. right how it, to be able to adapt and change you know and change and and work different and work differently and play differently that's like a special talent in itself it, it feels like it's it's funny you said that Jamal it's funny because you have to i'll tell you i'll, I'll tell you about myself my experience with that 
uh, playing with young guys and, and trying to teach guys that now. When I was when I went to Dallas and you know obviously it was rebuilding young team and they had Jimmy Jackson and that year they drafted Jamal um, uh, Mashburn as you guys know out of the city and playing with those guys the first year you know what I saw to myself I can't score like those guys mm. but you know what they can't rebound like me either. right right, right. <laughs> you know and right. so they they gonna need me <laughs> you right. know. And again, except like you said, Jamal, accepting that role, man, and then playing it to its fullest. I'm talking falling in love with it, you know, falling in love with that role. I, you know, I don't obviously talk about myself, but I still have the uh, uh, single high rebound uh, record in Dallas Mavericks history. It's 28 rebounds in a game. And that's what I mean. Say and that again. Say that role, again. Playing that role. Playing that role. Y'all shoot all the balls. I'm going to get all the rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see guys, like you said, some guys can't because we know guys have been stars. We've all, we all were stars, man, from, from what, 12? A lot of these kids, 12 until they get to the pros. Right. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking to some kids that say they can't accept that maybe, maybe this kid, if I'll play this role, but the kids who do adapt and do that, those are the kids, as you know, that love the game and 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 really want an NBA career that they'll adopt. Somebody, for example, like we were talking earlier, like Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon, you know, when he got to Orlando, man, you know, they put the ball in his hand. Every mm-hmm. he was running pick and rolls. He was he was playing like he was like a point forward. Right. So over here, man, and you talking about buying buying to your role and play it to a T and play off Joker, you know, playing the dunker down low. Catching lobs, yep. uh, small zoning, ducking in. He no joke gonna find him. Uh, you know, running on the break, front finishing, and then defending multiple positions. You know, you can play. You know, you you can put AG on twos, threes, fours, five. And the year that Jamal was out before we got KCP, my first year, we was putting him on John Morant in the games. Mm. We was putting him on point guard. So. Mm. Uh, you know, to that guy to accept his role, but all kids out there, if you do make it this wherever you, if you make it, you got to be able to adapt and, and to accept the role, like you said, because everybody can't be a star, man. But you can be a star in your role, though. You yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And that you're right, though. That that begins when you start. You know, one thing about AAU, I realized being a coach in it, um, it's hard for guys to adjust to roles on on good teams but the guys that do they usually the teams that win right yep right and i know it's hard because you know we're talking aau and you know and you said you asked me i know jamal pros and cons i i don't know if there's any pros and cons you know my kids came up through the youth hockey deal and they played a lot of hockey you know i used to think it was too much basketball but if you don't play that much basketball, you're gonna get left behind now. If you got a yeah. kid that's interested in the game, uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta get them out there. You gotta let them play uh, because the other kids are playing and getting better. But I think at the same time, uh, the skill development still has got to be in there. It's got to be a big part. I know Absolutely. these kids want to play games, and you know, um, and sometimes I tell you guys, I'm kind of changing because I just thought of a story. I did uh, my wife's nephew. I remember going to one AAU uh, game. My wife's from Iowa, and I did go to an AAU game. And this is the one thing that got me crazy. They had six kids on the team, and he goes, we played three games today. 
They lost the first game by 30. He was eating a sub sandwich like, was nothing wrong. And right. I was like, what? I said, you y'all, y'all just lost by 30. I got another game in two hours. Yeah. Like, really forgot about it. Like, I was like, I don't, I was thinking, I don't want my kid to have that kind of mindset. Yeah, 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 I get <laughs> so that. I wonder if you're playing all those games, you know, you're playing what, a lot of times, what, three, four games a day, right? Yeah. Well, well, you are when when they're younger, but when they get on the high school circuit, like Nike and Adidas, you can only play two games a day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I think that's good. That's a, see, yeah. I didn't know that. that's a good rule. Yeah. And you know, and obviously, and then let let's talk about the way I came up. Obviously, before AU, like you was talking about yourself, Jamal. You know, I learned to play on the playground. I remember, like you know, we talk about all these levels that you know, I'll tell you guys all these emotions that I felt winning it. But the, the, the lowest level for me was when I was a little boy and I would go to the playgrounds on Sunday and they wouldn't let me play. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The older <laughs> kids wouldn't let me play. And, you know, as I finally let me out there, I come every day. They didn't have a, you know, see if they weren't going to have enough. Right. Finally one day they didn't have enough. They let me out there. I, again, it was, a, it was another stepping stone, you know, a competitive spirit, a, com- a competitive fire. Now they, now I was getting picked all the time when they play on Sunday. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's just the way I came up. Obviously, it's different than kids now, man, because I don't see a lot of kids. I don't hardly see any kids when I drive by playgrounds playing basketball outside. You know. Nah, nah, them days are over with. That's and that's how I was talking to somebody the other day. I know Jamal test can testify. That's how I grew up too. Yeah. You know, on the on the urban playground and and you know, you had to first I was five, whatever, and had to call next. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to lose because if you call next, you might not get back out there forever. And that's then you gotta go the other day. Now you gotta call your own files and stand up for yourself. That's too. a fact. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you out there with you with some ballers but some gangsters too. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so the whole conversation can get spicy if you go the wrong way with it. Absolutely. And, and obviously, you guys more than me in New York, you know, I'm right. from a small town in Tennessee, but we still had a couple of yeah. crazy ones, but I know nothing like you guys grew up with up there in the city. Yeah. That toughens you, though. That toughens you. It does. It does. <laughs> Talk about, you know, you brought up your sons a couple of times. I mean, to have to have two sons in the NHL is wild. Like, wow. it's, it's wild, just like if you had two sons in the NBA, two sons in Major League Baseball. But then for someone who played in the NBA to have to have two NHL uh, professionals, like how, how did that how did that happen? Were you were you a hockey fan yourself? It's crazy how it happened. I'll tell you guys a story. I was playing in Dallas. When I was young at the time. You know, just got in the league and I did an appearance. And I uh, and Mike Madonna, the great Mike Madonna, American hockey player, was there. You know, won cups with Dallas, was their superstar. And we got to talking, man. He was a cool dude. And he was like, he was from Michigan. And he was like, you should come check it out. Come to a game. Because, you know, the stars, was they were new in Dallas. So I went with the family, man, and checked it out. The little boys, they were young. The kids was young. You know, three, four years old. We checked it out. I was like, this game is crazy. I remember a puck flew up on there. Forget it. Hit a dude in the nose. Blood went all over the ice. They got the dude off, and the blood was there. They nobody wiped it up. They started playing again. <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" You know, guys jumping on over the boards, on and off, and the speed of the game. You know, and being there down low, and then a fight broke out, and it was like, "Oh man!" The excitement of being there and watching it. 
And then I, I kind of became a, a Dallas Stars fan and uh, my family became a Stars fan. And then um, they won the cup in 99 when we were in Boston. We were living in Boston at the time. And uh, Brett, Brett Hall, y'all guys probably don't know, but Brett Hall's infamous goal against the, the Sabres, against Buffalo, we had to take – the Stars had to take y'all down for the cup. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the next year um, uh, I moved to, to – Colorado, when I came to play for the, the Avs, or I'm sorry, for the Nuggets, and the Avs were really good. They had just won a cup, and, you know, it was going to, they were trying to win another one. They think they had won one in 96, and they were always good, really good, uh, really good team. And we started watching the Avs, and then my kid came home one day and was like, I want to skate. The kids at school, because they was playing rollerblade outside, you know, in the neighborhood, and I was like, Skate, man. I don't know nothing about no. I thought hockey skate. We watch it at home. I don't know nothing about what to do. And so I was down at the uh, the Pepsi Center working out, you know, playing for the Nuggets. And uh, Joe Sackett walked by. I knew who he was. You know, other other guys on the team they didn't know. They don't know who Joe Sackett is. Right. You know, the president now, the GM of the ass. You know, five ten, look unassuming. And I said, Hey, Joe. I said, I got to ask you something. I said, My kids want to skate, man. I don't know what to do. And he didn't know me, but he looked at my feet. And he looked up because he's 5'10", and he was like, he goes, I'll just tell you what, if they're going to have your size, just teach them how to skate. <laughs> teach them how to skate. <laughs> so we went to the hockey store, and, and, and as you guys know, man, this is an expensive sport. For the first time, I was like, good Lord, at the hockey store. Right. They called me, but they started getting skating lessons, and they uh, – they fell in love with the game, man. And I, and I can see why, though, because of the pace of it. Mm. You know, non-stop pace. It's action. It's not like, you know, as we know, like the league where it's five guys out there and then it's got to be a whistle and you got to sub. They right. subbing on the fly. They playing. So right. we got addicted to the game and just fell in love with it, man. And then uh, just tried to guide them and said, I always said, are you having fun? You know, you got a lesson. You want a lesson. You're having fun. That was always my thing, man. Are you having fun? Are you having fun? And obviously, just got they got better and better and better at it, and just kept running. And then the U.S. national program came calling in Michigan, and they left home at sixteen. Mm. Did that, and then they went both and played juniors up in uh, Portland for the Winter Hawks. And you know, I, I tell you, hockey it teaches you mature. At a, mm. uh, I can see that with my kids at a young age, like those five o'clock hockey practices. I what I did, and and parents should do it to their kid. They don't have to be hockey. I, I, I said, okay, you got an alarm clock. You got a 5 a.m. practice Saturday morning. I said, set your alarm clock and get up, get your clothes on, get breakfast, and 30 minutes to take you. So, you know, because I saw myself, uh, parents, a lot of parents dragging their kids in in the morning, right. crying. Has, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like, what was that youth scene, like the hockey youth scene? Uh it's obviously it's different. Uh, it's crazy, man. Because uh, I think it's crazy because the sport costs so much uh, for for kids to participate. The the, the sport is really nuts. Uh, parents are banging on the glass a lot, uh, <laughs> going crazy, hollering at refs. Uh, it was a crazy thing. I used to stand with my arms crossed and watch. They're like, you don't get excited. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> What about what about the racial part of it? Like, was there like were there, were there other black kids playing, or did they have to get used to that? Yeah, it's funny because when, when we went, it wasn't. That's a great question, actually. And you know, I, I always was the type of parent, man. I wanted my kids to go back to try every sport. 
Like, you know, I got a chance. I didn't I didn't get a chance to play like golf when I was young, but I did get like tennis and different things. And so my car, my kids, uh, they would play. Um, they played lacrosse. They played soccer, uh, tennis, golf. You know, I was I was just introducing them. And so when they asked, I was like, sure, if you want to play. And so and I, I knew it wasn't any black kids, you know, playing if it was not that many minorities. Right. right. And uh, I just let them in the door, man. Walk in the door. Uh, you're here to play. And uh, they never had any problems in locker rooms or anything. It's been good for them. But, you know, we definitely have heard about some some incidents uh, that's happened uh, over the years in, in, in youth hockey and professional hockey. But right. uh, they've been blessed and fortunate not to have any incidents. And they're at the top of the game. That's crazy. <laughs> NHL, two brothers. <laughs> Literally. I tell you guys, you was talking about them. Um, I think it was it was last year. It was last year for me as a, a hockey parent. I got to see them. Uh, I got to stay over in New York, man, and I got to see them play in the Garden and start together for the wow. Black. That was real cool against the Rangers. Like wow. for me sitting there, like man, they in the they I was like they in the mecca, and they starting against against the Rangers tonight. That's you know, surreal. That was real cool. That was real cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is crazy. Yeah. Okay, I, I guess before we let you go, I'll just ask, I, I want to ask you, I'll kind of go back to playing career, the difference between now and then, that type of thing. But if you if you were coming out now, like, you know, the with the way things have changed, big men, all that kind of stuff, like what kind of pl- what kind of player would you, you think you would be now compared to? Uh, good, I think I would, I would shoot more threes. Obviously, uh, you know, I shot threes in college. I, my favorite shot I always been the trail three. Still mm-hmm. there to the day, the trail three, because in college I played the five, uh, you know, small school, Murray State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would definitely shoot more threes. I, you know, Dick Mata, uh, one of my coaches in Dallas, uh, old school coach, he tried to one year get me to shoot threes. But one thing that I realized that that's going to take away from my offensive rebounds. I'm going to stand out <laughs> on the three-point line because, you know, I led the league in offensive rebounding a couple right. of times. So I was like, I'm a better rebounder than a three-point shooter. I'll shoot a couple at the top. But uh, but I would definitely – I think that would be the thing. I would definitely shoot more threes, more more spot-ups, more corners, more more slot threes. Because uh, that's – as you guys know, that's the game. I would shoot threes and rebound like I do and, and play defense. Mm-hmm. And, and, Pop, we've seen the transformation with guys that were around us. Like, look at Brooke Lopez. When yeah, we, when we had him, he wasn't shooting threes like he is now. He's known for it now. Man, right. cool. Hey, Khalid, you it's funny you said it. You remember that, you know, you remember that uh he was like in the post averaging 20. Yeah, but you know what? One thing he always did, he always he always practiced them. Yeah, uh, you know, Coach Johnson, you know, AJ didn't want him to shoot them. Right. He always practiced them. I remember one day AJ told me he's like, Don't you don't you rebound for Brooke? No more shooting threes. Like, what do you want me to do, man? He won't work on his three ball, but like you said, his transformation has been unbelievable. And always when I see him, man, give him a big hug and uh, yep. talk to him because you know he's he's a, he's a big good dude, man. Yeah, he is. Really is. Yeah. Yep. Another NBA champion. Yeah, yeah. that's a B. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for thanks for giving us your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, we got the you know we're gonna be watching Denver. You guys are looking you looking real strong right now. You looking like you know, it don't look like no hangover, like you said, no no championship hangover. 
Looks like you guys mean they business. They got the Joker, man. What you expect, man? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Obviously, it's early. We're going to keep pushing and, and keep getting better. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get Jamal back and we get whole again because uh, you guys know uh, we're going to need him. It's, it's a long year. And like you said, it's a these teams are loading up this year. And yeah. the West is, whoo, I know you guys looked at the West. Yes. yes. The West is tough. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to tell Papa I lose my number this Sunday, man. I'm not picking up. <laughs> no. Hey, Jamal, I'll tell you what he tried to stand now, and which they ain't even better. When I said something, you know what he said? I'm a Jets fan now. <laughs> I'm like, man, that ain't even better. You don't want that either. You don't want that either. You don't want those yeah, problems. Yeah, you don't want that either. I don't want any smoke right now, man. <laughs> You know what hey, that. man, thanks. Thank you guys for having me, man. All right, thank you. Thank you. The all great right, Popeye right. Jones. Appreciate it. All right, Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. As always, the great Popeye Jones uh, dropping all kind of jewels right there. That was great. Yeah, man. That's my guy, man. Like I said, you know, that, that we, we didn't have a winning record when, when I was with the New Jersey Nets, but we had a great stab of brothers, Coach Coach Avery and Popeye and uh, Mario Ellie, Mario Ellie, another NBA champion mm. of the Houston Rockets, at one point was on, was on the staff as well. So those are guys that I just um, you know have kept in contact with throughout the, the, my years. As my career has gone different ways, we stayed connected, and definitely appreciative that he had time took time to come on our show today. Good stuff. And uh, don't don't you you have you got some uh, some news right you got some you got I, I saw so I saw an article recently you got you got some new stuff going on yeah right? yes 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 so for those that don't know I, I am uh, we're gonna have to do a segment on this too Jay yeah uh, but but I'm the grassroots program manager at uh, Overtime Elite now um, out in Atlanta I'm still based in New York but I do a lot of traveling and what my job. Uh, consists of is um you know cultivating relationships in the basketball ecosystem as well as recruiting nationally so i'm doing a lot of traveling but i'm having fun ote is a great company to work for and again it puts me in touch with some of these young killers that are out here and some of the some of those killers will be in the nba very soon no doubt we, we had talked about this you know a few months ago how ote looked like like they, you know, they're trying to take over. They're taking over, and now they got you. So they, they about to really take over. That's yeah. They got the assassin in the building, man. So I'm not playing. You know, <laughs> it's, a like rap, it's a rap. It's a rap now. I'm like Omar with in the wire, man. I walk around with my trench coat and, and oh, whistle. No. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. There gonna be no <laughs> high school ball in New York now. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's congratulations, man. That's that's Thank that's some great stuff. Yes, and of sir. course, you know we'll, we'll be we'll be all in the mix for yep. sure. Yep, yep, sure. We certainly will. And right, go so. go go support the book. Free game is yes. out there on Amazon. Yes, support the book. Free game. Uh, what, what's what's the Instagram handle? Uh, free game dot seven. Yes, free game dot seven. Check that out. Uh, thanks to all the listeners listening, supporting us. Appreciate it. Uh, follow us on Instagram as well at Up Next Pod on Twitter at Up Next underscore Pod. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel Up Next Podcast, and uh, we'll bring you more and more content. Uh, you know, as we go along, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole bunch out here. A lot of, a lot of ballers, a lot of, a lot of news, a lot of everything. Oh, let me make a correction. It's not Derek Harper's son. It's Ron Harper's son. Oh, Ron Harper's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ron, yeah, yeah. I don't want to cause any problems in, the, in, the, in anybody's household. <laughs> 
It is Ron, Ron Harper. Harper. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Harper. Right. That's right. right. He was he was number one until uh until Cooper Flag reclass. Right. right. So he's number two. He actually played against uh OTE the other day. He, mm. he split. I think he had 30, 30 something one game. He was killing. I was watching. But he's a bad boy, and it is not Derek Harper's son. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, Ron Harper's son. Ron and Harper's yeah, son. he had another son previously. I think is in the G League. I think. Uh, yeah. Who played at Puerto Rutgers? Yeah, and they're saying they're saying they're saying Dylan Harper that uh, might choose Rutgers himself. That'd be a if Rutgers can get him, that'd be huge. Oh, that'd be huge, man! That'd be huge because that that yeah. kid is that kid is special. Left left hand shooter, but finishes with both hands. Excellent size for his position. Strong, competitor. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a killer. He's yeah, there's, a re- there's a reason he's number two in the country. Yeah, I saw him play at Peace Jam. And I, I was like, yeah, he's a real deal. Yeah, yeah, yep. you can yep. tell for sure. Yeah, uh, so that's great, man. We'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll be back next week with another, with other, another great show. Um, thanks again to everybody listening, supporting, and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace. No limits in the sky. Go ahead and take your shot. This one is for the city. Let's show them how we rock. Coaches used to call my phone. What you doing? Just got home. Practice make them perfect. Perfect timing. Put me in my zone. Two, three, thirty-two. Thirty-three like birdie-two. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player. Ain't no watching from the side. Uh, picking up them pieces. Ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next, but gon' show them why. Uh, one, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold. That's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green got me a scally before he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.